Now there is a difficulty that's posed in Jesus' statement that nobody asks, where are you going? Because Peter asked that question. The answer is that those questions were not really a serious inquiry as to where Jesus was going. They primarily had in mind only the consequences for themselves. And all too often, believers are more interested in what interests them than what interests the Lord. Mm, I hope you don't find that statement personally convicting. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Pastor Leighton Sheely, our teacher, is back in the book of John this week as he begins a new study. I'm Mike Trout, and you can find us on the web at studyversebyverse.com. I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John and chapter 15. Now, actually, our study is going to begin in chapter 16, but we're going to start reading in chapter 15 so we can have a a reference, a a context for what we're teaching today. We as the church family have been studying through this gospel that was written by the aging and wise apostle towards the end of his exceptionally long life and decades after the other gospels have been in circulation. It contains a lot of information that's not found in the other gospels. Now, although the content of chapter 16 is similar to the content of chapter 15, there is a subtle difference in emphasis. In chapter 15, Jesus instructs the disciples as to what they are to do, specifically to abide in Him and to love one another. But in chapter 16, He focuses on what God would do for them through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit who would comfort and strengthen and aid the disciples in the midst of their conflict with the world. He comes to assist believers who are caught up in the thick of battle. And Jesus makes it quite obvious that the way before his followers is going to be a difficult way. Now, in order for us to uh, get a context for our study today, which actually begins in verse 4 of chapter 16, let's begin reading in chapter 15 at verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it, hate has, had, that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master? Well, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I've said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Jesus connects what he's been talking about with the new subject, which has to do with the advantage of his leaving and sending 
the helper, the counselor, the paraclete, who's going to do what he then goes on to describe in details in the verses to follow. The last two verses of chapter 15 say that the Holy Spirit will testify and that you must testify. And when we testify, we are, we are, we are sharing about the kingdom of light, which is in conflict with the kingdom of darkness. And so we should expect resistance. And in these verses, Jesus warns the disciples that they would face conflict, but he comforts them with the promise of the coming Holy Spirit and explains to them that the Holy Spirit would not only help them, but would also work in unbelievers to convict them of sin. Now with that as a background, let's look at uh, the verses of our study focus for today, beginning in the latter part of verse 4. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, this is part of the conversation that took place between Jesus and his disciples on the night before his crucifixion. They had gathered together in the upper room to celebrate the Passover And this particular Passover we recognize and call the Last Supper. It should have been a time of celebration, but it wasn't on this particular night because Jesus had shared with his disciples that he would soon be taken from them and their hearts are filled with sorrow. They knew that they were going to lose Jesus, but Jesus told them that it was for the best because when he went away, the Holy Spirit would come. When Jesus was here in the body, he could not be everywhere with them. It was always a case of greetings and farewells. And when he was with them in the body, he could not reach mankind everywhere because he was limited to time and space. He was one person in one place at one time. But there are no such limitations with the Spirit who is omnipresent. Omnipresent means everywhere all at the same time. And it's the giving of the Holy Spirit that allows the fulfillment of his promise, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, the Holy Spirit would bring believers into an uninterrupted fellowship forever and would bring the Christian believer a power and effectiveness no matter where he or she served in ministry. Verses 4 through 7 are concerned with Jesus' departure And the disciples' sadness, and they serve as a background for the discussion of the work of the Holy Spirit in verses 8 through 15. That work of the Holy Spirit can be subdivided into verses 8 through 11, in which Jesus speaks of the activity of the Holy Spirit in conflict with the world, and then in verses 12 through 15, where he turns to the work of the Holy Spirit in relation to his followers. Reading again verse 4, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? 
But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. These things is emphatic in the original Greek. It refers to the inevitability of the persecution that he has mentioned in the verses previous. From the beginning is a reference to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And up until this point, Jesus has not described in full the dangers of persecution because he was still with his disciples. And he could protect them by absorbing the opposition in himself and deflecting it from them. Indeed, his arrest was the last opportunity he had to serve them in this way. The words, because I was with you, past tense, infer that Jesus was soon to depart. And the words, but now, but indicates a change, now indicates a change that is imminent. Jesus says he's going to see his father, the one who sent him. Now, there is a difficulty that's posed in Jesus' statement that nobody asks, where are you going? Because earlier in this gospel, in chapter 13 and verse 36, Peter asked that question. And then Thomas, in 14 and verse 5, asked a variation of that question as well. The answer is that those questions were not really a serious inquiry as to where Jesus was going. They were primarily concerned with the thought of being separated from him, not with his destination. They primarily had in mind only the consequences for themselves. They were self questions of self-interest. And all too often, believers are more interested in what interests them than what interests the Lord. Because Jesus had said these things about his departure and his coming persecution, and the coming persecution, sorrow had filled the disciples' hearts. They were not centered on what this moment meant for Jesus, but on what it meant for them, namely suffering and hardships. Verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so Jesus assures his disciples that it is expedient for them, or it's to your advantage, it is for your good that he is leaving. It's an interesting phrase because it's the same phrase as for your good that was used by Caiaphas in chapter 11. It's better for one man to die, speaking of Jesus, than for the nation. And so it provides for us an illustration of how God uses the decisions and activities of wicked people to accomplish his purpose. See, Caiaphas thought that the crucifixion of Jesus was expedient, and so it was, but not for the reasons that Caiaphas thought. Now, to the disciples, the departure of Jesus seemed disastrous, but it was actually for their profit for two reasons. First off, it was better for them not to be dependent upon the visible bodily presence of Jesus, but more importantly, it was the, the Holy Spirit would not come until Jesus went away. Now, the reason for that is not explained here, but earlier in the gospel, in chapter 7 and verse 39, John explained that the Spirit was not then given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Glorified is a reference to Jesus' death and resurrection. And the indication is that the cross and the resurrection is critical. And before that, 
Jesus could not send the Spirit, but afterwards that he would. It is God's first priority and requirement to bring about salvation in his people. Well, that's a wrap for today, and what a good place to end. What a good word to end on. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. He's in the book of John, obviously, and if you've missed any of these messages, you can find them on our website, studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. The church is on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. We're a daily broadcast, listener-supported, and you can give online when you go to that website, studyversebyverse.com. Have a great rest of your day and join us tomorrow at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.